0: Let church, let the church say Amen. From the Book of Second Samuel, the Book of Second Samuel, Chapter Nine. Second Samuel chapter nine and, uh, and verse thirteen. And uh, while, while we are looking for that, uh, you all help. Andre to come up here to his seat. He don't even look comfortable back there. Y'all just let him come on up. Andre likes to be close. He don't even look. He don't even look good back there. Amen. Y'all just help him on up here and get his sister a seat next to him if she if he needs if she needs. Do he need to be where he is? All right. Okay. I'll just put him right there. Sometimes he's the only amen I got. Amen. All right. Amen. 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 You all right now? All right, all right. Good, 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 Back him up just a little bit. Back him up here. He you got to find that right spot. Yeah, just, there you go. There we are. There we go. There we go. There we go. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Second Samuel chapter nine. Verse 13. These are the words you find. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. He ate continually at the king's table some reason the writer thinks it's necessary for us to know that something was wrong with him. He was lame in both his feet. I want this morning to talk from this subject. I want to talk about a refugee at the king's table. A refugee at the king's table. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to attend one of our statewide pastor's conferences. and I was there at the conference and I've been around now for a while and now I have gotten to be what they refer to as a senior statesman. (laughs) That's what they call you after you've been around a while. I'm now a senior state. What that really means is he's one of the old geezers. (laughs) But they call me a senior statesman. I I was sitting down at a table doing some paper work. And that was some young, young books, some young pastors who were standing in a group near where I was, within earshot, and I could hear what they were saying. And they were young pastors. They were talking like young pastors, too. They, they, uh, they were solving the problems of the world. They knew all the solutions for the problems of the church. And, and I, 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 you know, that was all right. I remember when I knew them all, too. <laughs> I forgot them, but I remember when I knew them. But they were doing what young pastors do. They were solving all the problems of the church and of the world, and they were talking. And I, I, I'm sitting listening, and they know I could hear them, but they are talking, and it was about six of them there, and probably about 100 members between them. But they, here they are. They're they, they talking, and, uh, and finally, one, one of them said, one of them said, Doc, I don't get caught up in all that tradition. I moved the communion table plumb out of there. (laughs) I ain't about all that tradition. I moved the communion table plumb out. I stood up. (laughs) Three of them left. (laughs) But I went, invited myself into that group. I began to explain to preachers, pastors, that this table is not a tradition. <laughs> this, brothers, is an ordinance. And I don't care how smart you are or how against tradition you are, you don't fool with this table. And the reason why is because Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. That that wasn't a suggestion. That was an ordinance. And then I began to wonder how in the world did we come to a place where a pastor does not reverence this table? How in the world does the church come to a place where One who is leading other folk does not realize the importance of this. And it just occurred to me that it happens over time if somebody doesn't continue to remind us. Somebody doesn't take the time every once in a while and help you understand why we come to this table. So I thought this morning, since we're coming to the table again, it would be a good time just to remind us about the importance of this table and how you and I all feel when we approach this table. I believe that this message of God today is to give us a greater appreciation for what it means to come around this table. Here in this text, we have a refugee. We hear a whole lot about refugees now. People who just ain't got nowhere to go. People who are looking for a place. We have a refugee who somehow has found his way to the king's table. Y'all listen here. Here is a refugee. One, a refugee. One, a person who is running for his life. A Refugee somebody who is seeking asylum, a refugee. Yeah. Here, here is somebody, a refugee, somebody who, 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 who for some reason, uh, yeah, he needs a place to hide out, a refugee. A refugee. So, yeah, 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 yeah. My brothers and sisters, a, a refugee, such a person would be happy to find any country that would take them in. Such a person would be happy to find just a place to hide. So how in the world does a, such a person as this end up sitting at the king's table? Y'all hear me? Here's somebody that, that would love to be anywhere, but in the text, this person is sitting. At the king's table. Well, as I prepare us this morning to come around this table, come go with me to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel is really, when you check it out, it's really just a record. It's a record of David's trip from the pasture to the palace. And my brothers and sisters, there's something to be said about that trip. From the pasture to the palace. Things get a little rough sometimes when folk get to the palace too quick. When folk find themselves in the palace without spending much time in the pasture. My experience here is, brothers and sisters, you really don't know how to act in the palace if you ain't spent at least a little time in the pasture. But here, here, here is David. Here is David. Here is David. David has come to this point and he is on his way from the pasture to the palace. Most of the, most most of what you need, my brothers and sisters, operate in the palace. You learn it in the pasture. And so here is, here, here it is, here it is. We come to the story David now is already in the palace, but he's there serving the king. As we come to the story, King King Saul has disobeyed God. Are y'all hearing me? King Saul has disobeyed God, and God now is removing him from the throne because he wouldn't do what God says. Now, here's the dynamic. God is removing Saul. He's still there, but God is on the process of moving him. But he has already anointed a new king. He's already, as a matter of fact, he's already anointed this little David boy to take his throne. And It's significant. It's significant. Let me pause here to say it's significant that David was anointed by God to sit on a throne that already had somebody on it. Y'all hearing this? He's anointed, but somebody is already on the throne. Let me see it another way. David received his anointing before he received his appointing. I just said something right there. I said he was anointed before he was appointed. Let me just tell you this. Let me, let me share this with you. God never places people in places that he has not already anointed them to be in. Now, now sometimes we will. We, we run popularity contests. and we, we put people in places they ain't got no business. Are y'all hearing me? A whole lot of shipwrecks that we have in churches is a result of folk who have been appointed and have not been anointed to do what it is that they are doing. An appointment without an anointment is a dangerous thing. So David has been anointed, but Saul is still on the throne. Are y'all hear me? Now this is sort of an awkward situation because you got to have good sense when you know that you just anointed as the man sitting there. Are y'all hearing me? You got to have good sense when you know that God has anointed me for this, but he's in my place. You got to have good sense to know that if God anointed you, then when God gets ready, he will put you in that place. Are y'all following me? In that place where he has anointed you. So he is, he's been anointed, but he keeps on doing his job doing what he is, serving around the king, yeah, yeah, yeah. and waiting on God to give him his appointment. Now, study the story of David, and you will find that he was quite content serving the king. He, he wasn't jealous. He, he wasn't going around with his chest out talking about, I can do it. He was serving the king. But the problem is this. While David had no problem with King Saul, Saul had serious problem with David. Y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. D- David didn't care about Saul's appointment, but, but but Saul, he was about to lose his mind over David's anointing. Let me just go on and throw this in. Insecurity, insecurity is an awful thing. It is... Terrible to, to have to work around somebody, be around somebody that's in a place that they know they ain't got no business being there. Somehow, insecurity will cause you to just do crazy stuff. And now watch. Watch the hand of God. Watch the hand of God. Although, although Saul was jealous, he was jealous of David and, and he did everything he could to destroy David. That's what Saul was doing. But he, watch God's hand. Watch the hand of God. While Saul was trying to destroy him, Saul had a son named Jonathan who loved David. Get this. Daddy wanted him dead. But his best friend was the king's son named Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan protected David and he always watched out for David's welfare, even when he knew that he was defying his own father. He, he was such a friend that he would defy his own father. So, yeah, so much so that David vowed, he made a vow with his friend Jonathan that when I do come to the kingdom, When I do get to the throne, he made a covenant. Look at 1 Samuel 20, 14. He made a covenant with Jonathan that when I do come to the throne, I'm going to always show kindness to you because of what you did for me, because you watched out for me. When I finally get there, I'm going to show kindness for you, and I'll always show kindness to all of your family. Keep your eye now on the providence of God. Watch Watch God move. War breaks out. and The war is between the Israel and their traditional enemy, the, the Philistines. And here they are, they're in war. And in that battle, not only was Saul killed, King Saul killed, but his son, Jonathan, is also killed. Get this now. The king is dead. And his son who really should have been the one to rise up behind him, he's dead also. And when the word gets out that Saul is dead and Jonathan is dead, unrest breaks out. It's unrest in the land because now we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what's going to happen. One thing that they did know is that whenever a king died, one of the first acts of the next king is to kill everybody in the king's family. And he does that so that they won't rise up and claim right to the throne. So here now, the king is dead. His son is dead. And and, and, and while it hadn't been written yet, while it hadn't been known yet, Jonathan had a son. And one of the nurses, realizing the danger that that child was in, took the child up and tried to run away with the child. Read the Bible, read the Bible. And according to the word of God, she accidentally dropped the baby, trying to get away, trying to save the baby's life. And she dropped the baby and according to the word of God, that baby whose name was Mephibosheth, that baby was injured in his feet. Every time you hear about him, it's necessary. It seems like the writer wants you to know that from that day on, that child, that boy, was crippled, lame in both of his feet. I get this. She got away with him, took him out of town, headed out into a little country place, a little place called Lodibar. You heard that time. Took him out there in Lodibar. Lodibar is that place where the crime rate is high. Lodibar is that place where they, 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 they can't get food that readily. Lodibar is that place where nobody wants to go, but that's where they took the king's son. Hid him away. He grew up there in Lodibar according to the Bible, according to the Bible and, and, and they make a big thing out of this and if they made a big thing out of it I believe I need to make a big thing out of it they want us to know that the rest of his life he was lame in both of his feet if you read the story you read the story, Yeah, it's point over and over again, the man was lame in both, yeah, and the reason why is they're trying to make us a point we want us to see this, you see in that day A man's worth was determined by his ability to fight. In that day, a man's worth was determined by his ability as a warrior. So if a man had two lame feet, he really wasn't very much worth. Yeah, because he was not able to go to battle. He was not able, so so they wanted us to know that, yeah, he is the king's son, but he ain't worth much. Y'all hearing this? But they got him away, hid him in this little town. Now, over a period of time, now David, who already been anointed, now he's on the throne. David does an honorable, he does an honorable thing. See, sometimes (laughs) after we arrive, We forget. Sometimes after we get up there, we we sort of forget everything that we ever said. But he remembered that he had made a promise to Jonathan that he would show kindness not only to him, but he would show kindness to his family. So now David is bothered. David, he remembers that vow, and he wants to keep his promise. So he begins to ask around in the palace. There was an old servant that we had been there serving Saul, been there a long time, and he sort of figured if anybody would know, he would know. He went to him and asked, is there anybody else left in the family of David? He says, I made a vow that I was going to show kindness, and, and now the king is dead, and Jonathan is dead, and what I want to know is, is there anybody? Do you, you, you work with the family. Do you know, is there anybody left that I can show kindness? I made a promise, and I want to make sure that I keep my promise. So here, here it is, here it is. Now, Ziba, once this servant, remind that once he, once he sees that he's going to do no harm, he says, I, I want you to know that Jonathan does have a son. It's, pretty, it's, it's a secret, but since you're going to show kindness, he does have a son. And right now, they got him hiding him out in a little town outside of here called Lodibah. Are y'all hearing me? Nah, nah, nah. Here is a new king, David, who has already been anointed, and now he has his appointment. He is king, and and now he is trying to keep a promise that he has already made, made a vow, and now he's got to keep his word. So he searches, and when he gets the information, he sends his army. Sends them to leave the palace, go out in the bar. find this man, find Jonathan's grandson. By now, he's getting to be a young man. He sends them out there to find. Can you imagine? Searches, finds uh, Jonathan out there. He goes out there, finds uh, Jonathan's son. He's searching uh, for descendants of, of, of Saul, and he finds them. Brings them back. To the palace. Now, I'm going to show you something. Let me just, I say, I want you to, now I'm, I'm about to show you why we ought to thank God for this table. Can you imagine? He goes and gets Mephibosheth. Hear me now. He should have been an enemy, but he says, bring him to the palace. I'm going to get him, and he really doesn't have anything to offer. He's lame in both feet, but bring him to the palace. Y'all ain't hearing this. He's flawed, but bring him to the palace. Yeah, yeah, but not only bring him to the palace, not only did he bring him to the palace, look at verse 3. He says, I want you to bring him. Not so I can kill him. Can you imagine what it must have been like wondering why they're getting me? Not, not so I can kill him, but so I, so I can show him the kindness of God. Look at verse 7. Not only will I show him the kindness of God, but I will restore him all the land that his grandfather owned. Are y'all hearing me? And then get this. Not, not, not only am I going to do all of that for him. And you shall eat continually. Is that in your book? You shall eat continually at my table. Oh, can you see them going out there to get that boy? Can you see them going out to find that boy? Can you imagine when they find him, what's going through that boy's mind? Can you imagine what what must be going through his mind? He is thinking that he is hiding out. And they walk up right to where he is. I'm out here hiding for my life. And now they have found me. But it wasn't what he thought. Are y'all hearing this? It, it wasn't what he thought. It wasn't for look at him now. Look at him now. No longer is he hiding. Are y'all hearing me? No. No, no longer is he out in hiding. Now he is back in the palace. Every meal that he eats, he eats in the palace. Are y'all seeing this? You you need to see this picture. Here, yeah, every time meal time comes, there he sits with his crippled self. <laughs> his crippled self sitting there eating at the king's table. And <laughs> let me throw this in, let me throw this in. The best way to cover your crippled feet is to put them under the king's table. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? The best way to cover it up is put it under the king's table. Check it out. Check it out. Four times, four times in this short account, they, they brought up the fact. They just kept on bringing up this fact that this boy is sitting at the king's table. You read this passage and you keep seeing, it's almost like a marvel. He's sitting at the king's table. And as I move toward the close, my mind, in my mind, I I begin to wonder. I wonder what in the world was on that boy's mind. While he's sitting there eating at the king's table. Been, Been out there in Lordy Bar, couldn't even get a decent meal. But now, all at once, he's sitting at a feast at the king. I just wonder, what was in that boy's mind? Yeah, you know, sometimes I, as I wonder, I wonder, I, I, I think in my mind, I would have been wondering, you know, I, I should have been dead. But here I sit, eating at the king's table. Are y'all hearing me? Here I am, no good, can't fight for myself, can't even stand up by myself. But look at me, I'm sitting (laughs) at the king's table. I, I can't even get up by myself. I can't even stand up by myself, but here I am sitting at the king's table. Oh, my Brothers and my sisters, if, if it were me, if it were me, I believe that I, I would have been sitting there with a question on my mind. I believe if it had been me, I would have been sitting there with a, one question on my mind. And that question would have been, how in the world did I get, are y'all hearing me, how in the world did I get to the king's table? How did I come from a place where I was hiding out? And now here I sit up here at the king. Are y'all hearing me? How did I come from a place where I had absolutely no value at all? And now I am being valued by the king. I'm sitting here at the king's. <sighs> can you feel him? Can you feel him? Can you? Yeah, if you can feel this young man, if you can feel this young man, then you ought to be able to understand how you ought to feel when you come to this table. Are y'all hearing me? If you can feel this young man, it ought to give you some sense of what your attitude ought to be when we come around this table. That's why it ought to be shouting at communion time. That's why we ought to be blessing the Lord at communion. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, yeah, y'all to feel like Mephibosheth, says. Then, uh, if we can feel that, then uh, we can understand uh, what our attitude ought to be whenever we come to this table. See, every time we come to this table, are y'all hearing me? A question ought to rise up in every one of our minds. Somehow, every time uh, we come around this table, something ought to rise up in every one of us, saying, how in the world did I get to this table? As jacked up as I am, how in the world did I get to this table? As flawed as I am, You see, you don't know my flaws, uh, and I don't know yours. uh, But one thing we all know uh, is there's a little something wrong uh, with every one of us. uh, And we ought to be saying right now, how in the world uh, did I get to this? Table, yeah. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, I can't even walk. Uh, can't even stand up on my own. Uh, how in the world uh, did I get to this table? Yeah. Are y'all hearing me? Well, as I go to my seat, yeah. Let me explain uh, that my chef, yeah, was called to the table. Uh, Not because of his own personal merit. Uh, He was called because, uh, yeah, he wasn't called because uh, he had anything to offer, yeah, but he was called to the table uh, because of the love of the king. Y'all ain't hearing me, yeah. Yeah, he was called because uh, of the love in the king's heart. He was called to the table uh, because of the faithfulness of the king and because the king uh, could not break his promise. So I come to the table are y'all hearing me? When I come to the table I get a glimpse of God's grace. Are y'all hearing me? Anybody know grace? That amazing grace that slaves a wretch like me. Newton said I once was lost but now I but now i see uh, when i come to the table uh, i'm like john newton yeah when he said it was grace uh, that brought uh, my heart to fear yeah, and grace uh, my feel relief how precious uh, did that grace appear the hour I first believed, yeah, but then he went on, uh, wrote a little bit more. Yeah. He said, through many, uh, through many dangers, uh, toys and snares, uh, I have uh, already come. It was grace, uh, grace uh, that brought me, uh, saved us far, uh, and grace uh, will lead me on. Yeah. Yes, uh, it was grace that caused him to pick up my cross. It was grace that caused him to give his life. He died on an orange cross, laid him in a body tomb. But right early well on Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand according to the word of God he stepped on a cloud and the cloud received him out of their sight but then the Bible says that one of these days one of these days one of these days he's coming back he's coming back he's coming back riding on a cloud and now And go back and sing the rest of the song. That song says, "When we've been there ten thousand years, right shining as the sun, we know, we know, less days to see God raise." Ah, yes. That I get to this table. Yeah, yeah, God, you know all about me. Yeah, you know my uprising and my downfall. And how in the world? You. This do in remembrance. As often as you do it. Remember, remember me. Church, we can't we can't ever take this lightly. Can't ever come to a point where this is business as usual. This is celebration time. Celebrate that all God has done and all God is in our lives. The word of God is clear. If Thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. If you're unsaved today, the good news is you don't have to leave like that. If you're unsaved today, just with the changing of your mind, he'll touch your heart. And you can leave here brand new today. If you're unsaved, Let me invite you to come. If you're already saved and don't have a church covering, you're not covered. You don't have a church. You need one. You need to be moving right now. The door is open. The door is open.